Well, excuse me, princess. <laughs> I didn't even point to you and give you a signal or anything. I didn't need a signal. Yeah, you just, you just heard. You just knew. You just knew. Go. I want to share with you guys something that I realized, right? An epiphany. Okay. So, children, I realized that at some point, every child goes through four stages of what they want their career to be. You know the whole thing where when I grow up, I want to be this. Yeah, right. But you can actually break it down to categories of exactly what those four things are. The first thing, it's always going to be like the superstar dream. Pop star, singer, artist, or uh, in my case, I want to be a basketball player. I, I want right. to. Pl- I want to be in the NBA. You mean uh, so? Hold on. Is this like a fame thing? Like a the the first one is always the first. I want to be what I want to be when right. I grow up. It's like the superstar dream. It doesn't have superstar to be fame. meaning like really famous, like or doing something that's like really f- like seemingly enjoyable, like playing basketball I or singing. Or... Was a huge nerd. For me, okay. I think that stage for me was – I think my stage for that was astronaut. I was like, I'm going to space. I'm huh. going to be – I don't huh. know what this says about me, but I don't think I ever had a – Superstar dream? Superstar dream. It means you're boring. That's hey! <laughs> I can't believe I was cooler than you, Ryan, because yeah, I want to be in the NBA. I was a yeah, basketball player. Yeah, I turned it around. Well, no, that wasn't until I was in That's high true. School. So I did want to be an actress at one point. But I think living in California, See, everyone wants to be an actor yeah, at some point. I didn't. So. I, I didn't. I didn't. Dude, and actually, you know what? It only gets – more nerdy for me than astronauts. So <laughs> okay, what's the next stage? Yeah, yeah. Second stage is when you turn around because somebody tells you like, no, nah, nah, listen, you got to you gotta find something that's actually going to make you some money because that might not work out. Backup plan. So second stage, every kid wants to be either this or this. Vet or marine biologist. <laughs> it's one of them because <laughs> at some point when you're a kid, you're just like, I, I like love animals. animals. Yeah. There is always the animal. <laughs> it's always the animal phase. The animal thing. Dude, yeah. you know. <laughs> Again, I don't fall into your stereotype. Dude, you are abnormal. <laughs> I had an animal phase. I've clarified this with people. People have confirmed this. I had an animal phase, but uh, my animal phase was I wanted to be a paleontologist. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jurassic Park, Dude. that's my shit. But not like the actual dangerous part. Museums just where they were, were cool. Just the part where they were like digging through digging the, the desert. Yeah. I so was like really you, frustrated you, you when that guy. guy's helicopter came down. I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, You're ruining the site. Yeah. You're, so basically, while I did actually dig once. My mom took me like a yeah. someplace in Utah. So while everybody else was like, "Oh, I want to be Chandler Bing," you're like, "Oh, I want to be Ross Geller." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, number three. Number three is when you're like, "All right, um, I'm gonna do like a job," but you usually mimic that job based on somebody you see or somebody you admire. Or so. Basically, it's like a normal job, but it's also kind of like that's oh, that's kind of a little out there as well. I had it way worked out in my head. I totally forgot what I called this, though. I'm sorry. Third step I ruined. <laughs> you're fired. It's, I'm fired. Cool. Your but, own, but I have an example. Your own <laughs> I know my, thing. But here's, here's my example. Basically, my third step was uh, I decided at one point I want to be a photographer because Spider-Man's a photographer. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's like oh, you look so at somebody like and you're you like, saw someone who oh, you think is cool. Yeah, and you're like, oh, do I want to do that. what that guy does. Mine was probably still paleontologist. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything, Courtney, for that? Or? Um, nope. Okay. Fourth is Dude, this. her her dream as a kid was like, I'm never well, going to work. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what my be, plan is. I'll, I'll be wait, a radio show. I'll tell you what my plan was Dreams when I was going true. into college, but mm-hmm. I'll wait till you're done with your theory, and then I'll okay. tell you what it was. By the way, the ages you're referring to are like young, young. Yeah, this is, this I'm is like eight years old. Six this is to what I ten do in that yeah. range, okay. yeah. Okay. So the last thing you do is the final stages. At some point, everybody decides on the money job. Engineer, doctor, lawyer, something that makes a lot of money. So it's, it's, this is when you realize... I got to make some money. Happiness comes from money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and, 
And this is before, by the way, the teenage years where you look back on the money career and you're like, I don't want to do this. I don't like this at all. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I don't know where, uh, maybe it was the one just before this or whatever, but I always kind of wanted to be a writer. I was writing stories when I was little and everything. So So maybe writer was your, that was your, wait, that's not your superstar thing. That's not it your could have been. I, I guess it could have been your, your superstar Maybe, one or, or the other one. The if if one. you were intentionally like, I'm going to be a famous writer. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Well, yeah. I, some of the stories that I wrote, my mystery stories that I wrote, they were um, they were mirrored ah, after. A Courtney Rajan mystery. They were mirrored after <laughs> and very similar to like those Mary-Kate and Ashley mystery uh, stories. You know what's funny? Videos. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, you know that I was, yeah. I wanted to be a writer for a while until. Until dream, you got to be until an adult. That dream died. Yeah. yeah. But, uh. I when I was a kid, I wrote Goosebumps books. Like I made, yeah. I made a cover and fucking everything. Like I had. Yeah. Huh. All right. Uh, I'm sure they were fucking awful. But listen, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna follow up on that. No, you are we not. We are never gonna talk about that. Again. <laughs> What's your thing? My money dream. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I really stuck with that astronaut paleontologist thing for like a <laughs> while until. Until I realize that's never going to happen for last me. Month. So, yesterday, yeah. <laughs> you gave up. No, you gave it uh, up. Ryan. Actually, what else did I want to be? What, I don't know. What do you actually do for work, man? Oh, nice segue. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. I should have just let right, it you're, be. You're actually Ryan is the most observational person I've ever met in my life. If he sees something, he has to comment on it. It's like an it's impulse. True. I know. I can't <laughs> help it. Uh. I please. That's what I do. <laughs> Listen, I'm never. Dude. I don't. I'm going to leave it a, uh, a bit of a mystery. I'm never going to tell anyone. I mean, you kind of know. Yeah. Sort of. Courtney doesn't know. She's never going to know. Yeah. All you have to know is that I go to a lot of different places in LA and I do a lot of stuff. Yeah. You're, you're supposed to say that like this. Like, like please, please, please. Like, like. Yeah, that's con- true. That's condescendingly, true. please. please. <laughs> uh, actually. I was thinking about this today, and uh, so I really feel like I need to throw a little, like, preliminary shout-out, sort of, like, appreciation thing for someone who works really hard and uh, puts a lot of work into getting here every week, and that person is me. <laughs> uh, I I have become, I think, I'm, I'm okay at my job. I'm, like, pretty good at my job, but I think I'm actually, I've become, like, a, like a master of just moving shit around and redirecting things on Tuesdays to make sure I get here <laughs> on time. Like I, today I had so much to do and people kept throwing stuff on me and I was just like ducking under things, <laughs> redirecting things to other people, yeah. manipulating clients, manipulating coworkers. Like I, I was a black belt at procrastination and, uh, you know, redirection of work. To make sure that I had to do as little as possible so I could get out of there on time and still be here now. Yeah. So, good job, Ryan. Thanks. Give yourself high five. <laughs> yeah. Self five. All right. Well, uh, here, we, here we go. Yep. Get ready. So, uh, welcome to our 
2016 election coverage episode. <laughs> yeah, Democracy and Traffic 2016. There it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm your host, Danushka Kumar Singha. Uh, also, Ryan Walters and our special field correspondent. Courtney. I didn't know I was a field correspondent. Sorry. Cool. That's Stop making for the weather girl all the time. <laughs> I just wanted to give her a title. <laughs> By the way, I'm actually disappointed you guys didn't do that thing you did last time, which was so amazing. Just like, regrettably, um. Ryan Walters. <laughs> and then it was like, along for the ride. Courtney. Yeah, actually, that well, was... still along for the ride. <laughs> Barely. Uh, yeah, so, okay, so... Um, I am. So, also, a uh, quick yeah. note. Uh, yeah. This show is like sponsored by and paid for by the uh giant meteor 2016 campaign asteroid m <laughs> uh make sure you get out there and vote hey, make sure you hey listen if, if you don't vote for asteroid m <laughs> the other guy's gonna win <laughs> haley's comet you want <laughs> haley's comet to win <laughs> uh, actually I, this that is, was like a weird that was a, haley because haley's a woman's name i felt like that was almost on the is, nose haley's a, a little, man is it Haley's comet? Haley is named sounds after like a, a woman's man. name. Yeah, it's but his back last then, name. Haley. Oh, last name. It's his yeah. last name. That's last right. Name but also, too. some names were it's like guys' ha- names, and then became women. Okay, guys. Name, way to way to make the guy who's like just, I wanted to be an astronaut as a kid like look saying, stupid hey, as shit my, about comets. My name was originally a guy's name. So Courtney. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, my name is gender ambiguous and mm. mostly applies to women. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Just like you. Yeah. Man, <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't really know what. The, I don't know if that was an insult or a compliment. Ryan, you, you're, you're it's a compliment. You're, you're a jerk. <laughs> that was not mean. Come on, I was just. Joking. I guess. I, actually, Melinda is is a man's name. My, my middle name. I mean, is it's, it? It's a man's name. Yeah. My middle. My first name's gender ambiguous. Middle name is. My names male. are white, whiter, and white. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, That's it's three white guys' names. It is Ryan, three... Spencer, Walter. Yeah. Which is as white as you can get. Yeah. It is. The only way my name could be whiter is if it was reverse. It was Spencer Ryan. <laughs> if it was Spencer Ryan, then it'd be... That's the only name whiter than Ryan Spencer. I don't know, man. If, you're, if your last name was your first name, Walter. Walter. Uh, Walter Spencer Ryan. Nah. Nah. I'd have to have a, another last name. Walter's the only last name. What, what are we talking about? <laughs> it was really weird how we just got off on that tangent. You know what it is, though? It's because I feel like... Usually we have like a little bit of a. I mean, do we have like some little banter really quick before we start the the main segment? Oh, whatever. Wasn't that what Jeff that was? Was that? Yeah. Okay. So today's episode, anyway. guys, is about democracy, yeah. and uh, for today's episode, we have our guest, Fiona Rajan, Courtney's elder sister. That's correct. Yes. So, Fiona, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, what would you like to know? I am extremely nervous sitting in this booth, wondering what's happening in the election right now. Yeah, you got your phone with you? Yeah, you... Uh, yeah. Don't check your phone because... I'm you, not checking my you know. phone. <laughs> you, yeah, you definitely came in here looking yeah. pretty... Just tense. Just yeah. tense. I'm very curious. Um, I live in Hollywood. I have two dogs. What are their names? Uh, Murray and Albie. Lots well, their full stuff. names are Murray Mendelson and No, Abe. Murray Mendelman. Mendelman, sorry. <laughs> Murray Mendelman. You're going to say it, you know, get it right. Get Ooh. it right, little sis. Shut up. <laughs> So there's going to be a lot of, like, sibling <laughs> stuff going on. <laughs> well, it'll be like me and Mindy with just the, you know, the eye contact. We'll have that stuff, too, oh, yeah. going on. So yeah. we'll see. <laughs> All right. A- anything else you want to add, or is that good? Is, is there anything else you need to know? Um, <laughs> I guess not. I mean, 
I like to keep it a mystery sometimes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, all right. So, well, we're going to be talking about democracy today. We're not talking about politics. It's not a politics type Yeah, I episode. think uh, I think anyone who is hoping we're going to be nah. very opinionated about Listen, the only politics... so-and-so over so-and-so. Yeah. Listen, all everything we talk about is either going to be somewhere else or probably like before before our time before this before this uh, the only politics i'm going to reveal about myself is that i support the meteor asteroid <laughs> m and uh i'm i also believe that magneto was right hashtag magneto was right his <laughs> shirt also yeah, says that I, same thing i am wearing the magneto was right shirt that's my that's my tradition actually and every election i wear the magneto was right shirt i just want everybody to know that I'm I I I'm a, I'm that and the most anti-establishment you can get. <laughs> I I I am against mutant registration. That's my yeah. that's my stance. <laughs> it's a good stance. It's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> so all right. So Fiona, you're gonna go first with your story. Like, yeah. Go ahead and basically tell us. okay. Yeah. So I'm just gonna give like a brief little overview about democracy. So. Democracy is basically, it's a government whose power is vested in the people, and then the people choose their representatives and eventually the president of their country. But technically, the United States is not a democratic government. It's actually a republic, Mm -hmm. which is basically the exact same thing. It's just a different wording of the exact same definition. And these are... um, What's different about our country is that we have a very specific kind of constitution with, like, 33 amendments, you know, one being uh, the ever-popular, sorry, freedom of religion and uh, the Second Amendment being the right to bear arms, which is a very hot topic as of late, definitely. And our our government kind of varies widely from other kinds of governments, including, like, communism. Communism has two major differences. They have a very, very strong central government, and they only, and they don't believe in any kind of uh, private property. Everything is owned by the government. Right. They also have no checks and balances. So whoever is the ruler is the ruler. You can't change it. Usually there are no voting and everything. Very different from our government, which has... Three branches are all supposed to check each other. Are supposed to check each other. It's supposed to usually happen. Quotation marks. Exactly. (laughs) And then there are other forms of government, like a monarchy, where you know who he he or she who owns the scepter owns the world. Very similar. According to our family history, apparently we would be like three hundredth in line to the British crown. So we're we're waiting for that. Ah, nice. Oh yeah, dude. You know who just is like never going to give you that is the queen. Like she will not die. That lady. Is immortal. Like she's she's gonna live. Forever. And she's worn the same fashionable hats since she yeah. was like twenty years old. I mean, I give her credit when she was like twenty and she was wearing those hats. She was styling. Like she yeah, was. She this was posh lady. You know. And now she's like, yeah, I work then. Yeah, still works. Still works. But just just her her face though is just the I don't give a shit face. Her, like it's just like, her, her hat stayed cool. I mean, her, I face mean, her, her grandchildren are like granny, granny, pick me up. No. It's <laughs> also like eons of like inbreeding though. You know, they can't really make a whole lot of facial movement in general. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's that true. was that was straight cool, Fiona. Yeah, it's that true, was though. <laughs> Look at it through hundreds of years, they always like married their cousins or because yeah. they had one to keep all the royal blood only being royal blood. I mean, actually, one of the tragedies of uh, World War Two, uh, World War One. Um, I mean, being the massive tragedy that it was, was that uh, Tsar Nicholas of Russia and uh, the Kaiser Wilhelm Wilhelm of uh, mm-hmm. Germany. They were cousins. They were actually um, writing to each other, 
trying to convince each other, like, yeah, oh, we got to stop this thing from happening. Like, we can't yeah, go to yeah. war. But they're both like, ah, oh, but our hands are tied. Like, we literally can't stop the machine. And they were cousins. Like, they loved each other. They, he called him Little Nicky. And then they went to war. Yeah. And the rest is history. It is. <laughs> literally. Quite literally. Yeah, yeah exactly. Listen, inbreeding, <laughs> Joffrey, Joffrey <laughs> like, came out okay. You know? <laughs> I, I, listen, we're not going to talk about Game of Thrones either, man. That's kind of like a, another policy, especially not for my sake, for his sake. Yeah, he still I mean, like, here's the thing. No uh, one can sp- – don't spoil anything for me if you've seen uh, past I, it. I can't. There it is. I there it is. I have never seen okay. an episode I could talk about it as much as I want. That's true. No, the, none of the listeners I'm, are going to – I'm the only threat you've got. Oh, you know what? No, I'm not going to give anyone well, no, an idea. You watch Game I just of you I might spoil for somebody else. No, no, no. I was thinking it can't be spoiled for me because no one in this room is going to do it. But I just realized like there's other public avenues that trolls or friends yeah. who are really big on spoilers, JB, yeah. can JB. totally <laughs> go on and just be like, "Hey, Name guess drop. what? This happens. This happens." Yeah, Ryan, how far are you in the books? I bought him the books uh, probably last year for his birthday to I... have him read the books. Yeah, thanks. So, in the first book? No, I finished the first okay, book. The second book? I am. Mostly through the second book. Okay. Yeah. God, it's, I, dude, the, that second book. It's big. It's the biggest. It is a lot of reading. Yeah. So, you know what I was actually thinking about doing is getting it on tape. Or not, on, not on tape, but because, yeah. you know, I spend a lot of my time, please, I do a lot of <laughs> driving yeah. for that for that job. So <laughs> uh, I figured I might as well just, like, have someone read it to me while I'm driving around all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, let's... Well, let's go back to yeah. But you finished that. Enough of God. Games. Don't <laughs> lecture me. Right. I'm really stuck on Skyrim right now. I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't. Fiona. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Uh, my personal opinion about this kind of government is I think our our, fa- our forefathers picked this kind of government because I think that they thought that it would be less susceptible to corruption because and then the people as a whole would you know wield that mighty sort of like power and government and of course as the decades and the years and the centuries go by they were sorely mistaken even as early as uh, Abraham Lincoln 1861 during the Civil War he suspended habeas corpus so if you didn't like yeah. what he had to say or his policies you could be jailed or, or fined and actually quite many people were and then you move into mo- uh, modern democracy and you have Nixon and Watergate you have Reagan and his trickle-down economics and didn't do shit for anybody except the top 2% of people who were already doing pretty well themselves. Then you have uh, Bill and Monica. You have George H. D- or George W. Bush, and all you need to say is Enron. I mean, it's just fully corrupted government. And now you have, you know, Hillary and her emails and Trump with, you know, who God knows what he has not done. So it's like a big <laughs> thing for me. But... Um, this kind of government was put together by white land-owning, slave-having men who knew that they didn't, um, they were, well, they had a rough idea of what they wanted, but the great thing that they did was that they knew that they didn't know everything, and they knew that the world was going to change as it invariably does, and so that's why the Constitution is so amazing. It has 33 amendments and that's the great thing about it is you can you can change it and turn it for things that are important to you, like you know it abolishes slavery, due process, habeas corpus, right not to incriminate yourself. These are all things that in a democratic or a republic government that we hold up to the rest of the world. Who you know some some of these places. And, 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 and to be clear, hold up, 
hold in the face of, yeah. open I it out, totally shove it down your shove throat. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Look how great it is. <laughs> but also, I mean, think about it in the rest of the world, especially like, I mean, as a woman, as an independent woman, I am, my sister is, in some of the places in this world where not only do those rights do not exist, if I just showed a little bit of ankle, I'd be stoned, I'd be, you know, or even having thoughts of, of, of constitution or having rights that are inalienable to me would never happen there's no way that you know a woman any woman would be able to even have those thoughts in their head without their husband beating them or them getting stoned in the middle of the street you know so it's it's something to think about at least also on the other side of that coin argument whatever there are a lot of places that are as progressive or more progressive oh, than America, for, of course. Those for that, so then it's countries. like it's kind of like, oh, look how great we are. It's like, yeah, but I mean, we yeah. also have a constitution. It does kind of. The I've same said thing. in other conversations that there are other countries that are more democratic than the U.S. is. You we know? will definitely. Well, we talk are. About we are that. definitely a hundred percent in the conservative end. Not a hundred percent, but we are in the conservative end of democracy, democratic, yeah. like liberal dem- dem- democracies, social democracies. Mm-hmm. We are definitely on the conservative end of that. We are not on the the more liberal end of it. By the way, I mean, on the flip side of that flip side, so we have a coin with flip side, three but sides. then we've got like a three-sided coin. coin. It's, a, it's a triangular coin. <laughs> um, you've got countries like Copyright. China, where for years they've been claiming that China's going to collapse, its economy will collapse, but yeah. it has not collapsed. And actually, even though the government is uh, single-party authoritarian, it's actually in this weird position of adopting policies that are not entirely like authoritarian or dictatorship. It's not a dictatorship at all. It's authoritarian, but they, they stray away from authoritarian sometimes. They stray more towards um, like like liberal economics sometimes. Um, apparently, when they looked at this like like uh, analysis of the choices that the Chinese government has made over the last 30 years or 40 years, um, in terms of when they had a choice between uh, granting greater... Um, like political freedoms, or sorry, sorry, or sorry, I, I said that wrong. When they had a choice between securing their own political power or granting economic freedoms to ensure economic stability, they have consistently chosen economic stability and economic freedoms over securing their own pol- like their own power. Mm-hmm. But they've actually chosen to relinquish some of their power to ensure that their country's economy is stronger. Because apparently, from what I've read, China's like uh, perspective on their uh, policies, like like the U.S. and most Western democratic countries, their, um, their pr- perspective towards um, like social freedoms mm-hmm. and economics is that the greater the social freedoms, the greater the economic power, economic, yeah, um, right. like, uh, freedom. Like, what's the word? Dude, the, the, the words are not coming to my mouth. The economic, <laughs> like... Progress? No, each yeah. person's capita, like, basically, like, everybody's oh, yeah, individual yeah. capita. Basically, the more economic freedoms you have, the, the more... The happier you are, yeah, the more money exactly. you spend slash make. The, the the perspective that the Chinese government has is that actually because they have authoritarian tendencies, they have greater control over every aspect of their country, they have more economic um, control to be able to grow the so economy. The, so the the like it, it's not the chaotic. easiest way to understand this is basically China's like yeah I mean we control everything but we make sure everybody's happy that's <laughs> it, it, I guess that's you could their, put it that yeah. way yeah their, their basic perspective they're like is just, just let like, us be in charge we'll make sure it's all good guys it, it's essential that I mean basically you know they are set to surpass us in terms of of GDP by 2020 like they are set to be the most economically advanced country so 
it's 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 an interesting flip side that democracy isn't always necessarily the answer or end all be yeah. all. Yeah, well, democracy usually comes with capitalism as well. I and mean, right. China is, you know, as a communist country, you know, so it's very, very different because it's hard to talk about a, a republic or a democracy without talking about its free trade. It's, it's you know, man-made. It's your dream, the American dream or the, the first world dream to make your own money. It, it comes hand in hand with capitalism. It's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's why, you know, uh, democracy, at least right now, this is where it gets very, very scary because everyone has a right to vote. Everyone gets it's a right and it's a privilege to vote. So that, that was means, a little skating. Yeah, that was because, a little skating. Because it's very, really, very scary. Really because so. that means that yeah. I vote, you vote, we vote. And then so do the guy, the dudes from Duck Dynasty and the housewives of wherever they want. They all get to vote. They all, we all have a say about who is going to, you know, try to lead us into this, like, you know, utopian freedom of the United States of America. And that's where it gets very scary because half of the country, not to put too fine a point on it, you know, you don't need to take an IQ test to vote. You just have to be 18 years old. You know, and that, that was can a very be roundabout. Very scary. <laughs> I was trying not to yeah. say the word stupid. You yeah. know, but that's I think that that is is what's very scary is everyone has has the right to vote and everyone has the right to you know to make their vote count. That that's your way of standing up and shouting. That's your that's your vote. It's your you know to to march for your rights to march for a woman deciding what happens to her own body. It's your vote is what can make all those things happen. And that's why voting is so, so, so important. Maybe not so much in California because we always go blue no matter what, but like in other uh, states and everything where it's so contentious, your one vote, I mean, think about the uh, uh, the election between Bush and Gore. So Gore actually did win, but Bush became president. And later we find out that he won by, he, that he won by 500 votes in a country of 320 million people. Mm-hmm. So that's crazy to think about. That really shows you that, you know, one vote can really, really make a difference. And, like, to your point earlier, or your point earlier about how we always, we, and we Could do have been either as one a of country. Us. I mean, we don't we're one of the same. I'm Ryan. I'm very interchangeable. <laughs> right, Noosh? Yes. Yeah. Uh, is that there is definitely, a, a, not even a pocket, but a majority of Americans, the way a lot of the rest of the work, ha, world kind of thinks of us as like boorish and, and lazy and, and fat, which the majority are. of us I, I are. Think, I think you of know? Us like that. <laughs> and we do I live here. shout and scream about, oh, we're the best, we're so great, we're this, we're that, we're that. And it's usually the people screaming about it are the people who have never been past their own mailbox. You know, those are the people who are just screaming and shouting and telling everyone that we're the best. But with the Constitution and everything that, you know, pontificating on something that you have no idea what you're talking about is not only not against the law, but it's protected, you know, by the First Amendment. You know, the freedom of speech can be a very nasty bitch. It bites you in the ass all the time. Yeah. I <laughs> never really considered it that way, but I guess it can be bad. Freedom of speech. Yeah, I mean, well, I, you have, I mean, it's not, not bad. have the right to yell fire, but you know, there's also consequences. No, for that. but because it also yeah. it protects hate speech. You know, it protects any kind yeah. of speech that you want to make, whether you know what you're talking about, whether it's you know, vile and and full of hatred, or whether it's you know, lovely and beautiful. It doesn't really matter. It protects everything as a whole. It's a blanket. Yeah. Ultimately, I prefer that. I prefer everything yeah, yeah, yeah. be protected. I agree. Than, yeah, then then some things be censored at all. I mean, because right now, 
it is so easy to censor things. I mean, we we act as though the internet and uh, the you know the expansion of communication technologies has made it so oh everything's so open to us and everything's so free. But at the same time, it's all through wires and circuits and websites and servers and you know, there's a lot of monitoring and there's a lot of. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not talking about paranoia. Trying like, to get- <laughs> listening. I'm literally talking about All the fact that 1984. By the way, listen. This is coming from a guy. I, I do this all the time with Ryan. I, this is a guy. This is from coming from a guy named Danushka, who whenever <laughs> I whenever I say anything, I'm, I'm pretty anti-establishment with every single view I have. So Magneto was right. Yeah. So anytime I say anything, I'm always just like, "Hey guys, I'm just joking around. I'm not serious." One time, I don't know if I mentioned this one, but I. On air, at least. But like, I remember one time Ryan and I were talking. I don't know what did you say. Oh, Ryan one time said to me in a Facebook chat that uh, he's like, "Ah, oh, man, we." He's so frustrated with like the current state of politics right now. And Just he's kidding. Like, I don't oh, care ever. <laughs> and he said, um, "You know, we should start a Fight Club, but you know, without the Fight Club part." And I was like, "So you want to start a terrorist cell, <laughs> basically?" <laughs> I feel like yeah, I think that's we what did. It... And then immediately, before, yeah. immediately when I said that, I was like. Just joking, guys. Well, also, I did say, huh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've all had those moments. I remember talking one time. You know that went up into the cloud, though. They, they checked you <laughs> yeah, out right mean, after that. You say Terracel with your name. Yeah. and it's like because he's like a brown guy. With, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. There you go. Else Just kidding, everyone. We love America. <laughs> NSA. We're the best. Uh, you know what the thing is? Actually, in my in my life, I found that, and I think that, you know why I wear this shirt. I wear this shirt because I feel like as an adult, my cynicism as actually this actually is a pretty perfect encapsulation of my cynicism because I grew up with that mentality of you know grow up as an X Men fan, and uh, I believed in Xavier's Dream. Does anybody here know what I'm talking about? When I'm talking about Xavier's Dream. You do. I, I mean, do you Not watch really. X Men? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. So, I mean, I, I believe – listen, so I'm just – this is late night news talking about Xavier's oh dream. God. <laughs> no, I believed in Xavier's <laughs> dream as a kid, you know. But, you know, as an adult, I've suddenly realized, like, oh, man, It's nah. not sudden, though. It's, it's over time. You've slowly, slowly learned slowly, that the real world – Yeah, it's, it's, way more, <laughs> it's way more gray. And somebody like Magneto, who is anti-establishment, anti-corporation, uh, you know, all this stuff that's really cyn- cynical, I guess – I'm kind of like, ah, I, I feel that. Also, it kind of made me flip my perspective also on the whole Malcolm X, MLK thing. I'm kind of like, ah, Malcolm X, man. Nah, oh, was... you know when I was really, like, Malcolm X was right. Uh, <laughs> when I was in... Which Malcolm X was right? Like the 11... hardcore, like, the, 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 or, the pre- or, the le- pre- or the later one who was like, it's cool, everyone can help us. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about the pre, because the pre one the pre- was the one who was talking about, yeah, pretty... The same. On the line, like, yeah, yeah. yeah but I mean, borderline listen, kind of I like him up. as a person because even when he mellowed out, he was... Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But know? I did a, yeah. like... You like the militant huge, Malcolm X. I did, like, this I huge I do. <laughs> book report thing for him in, like, 11th grade. I had to do, like, this big report. And and actually, the teacher, the way he did it was kind of cool. He was like, all right, everyone, take out your book, flip to a random page. And so everyone flipped to a random page. And he's like, all right, and whatever's on that page, you have to write a report about. Mine was Malcolm X. Nice. Yeah. So... I read his like autobiography, biography, whatever it was. I went all into it, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this guy." Yeah, <laughs> I, I like it. I, I remember that in our class. So I got I got George Washington Carver killed. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I'm not even in your class. I just I just want to believe. Yeah, I want to believe, believe that I was, that you I was there. You know who was in that class? Was uh, Dylan? Dylan? No, tell me, Dylan. No. no? Uh, what was his name? 
Brian Toro or something? Uh, oh, Japanese, Japanese kid. Exchange student. Yeah, that kid was cool. He was cool. He was, like, super cool. What are we talking about this? I don't <laughs> this even is know. So... <laughs> Whatever. I had a Japanese exchange student in my class. He got a lot of girls. He was cool. Yay for him. Yeah. All right. Went back. He didn't even speak English. He was just like... He didn't need to. I'm from Japan. <laughs> Get at me. And they were like, oh, we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, segueing into another... Asian country. I want for my democracy topic. I want to talk about another, China. Asian, another country, Asian country, like America. Well, you're talking about Japanese. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, segue from me, also, not from yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, America, Asian country. I mean, it's we're in there. I mean, we're, we're we're in there. We're, we got like Hollywood. I, I believe, would make us I believe so. we're seven percent of the population, right? Something like that. Something I have no in idea. that range. We're we're somewhere in there. I mean, if my Pokemon Go studies to believe, to believe <laughs> we are 30% of the population. Because my, my entire survey I did, I have the analysis now. Yeah. 70% of my respondents, out of this, out of 1,500 participants, um, uh, 70% were white people. I think I got nine black guys, 12 Native Americans. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. I said black guys. It could be male or female. I mean, the gender is not specified there. It's in a different question. But 30% of all my participants were Asian. So... There you go. You How know. many people got hit by a car playing Pokemon Go? I'm sure it's, you know, statistics. Yeah. It's probably yeah. more than people yeah. who were not. Yeah. Playing. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Not playing? No. I mean, that's... No, no, no. no. I mean, like, who could have been playing but weren't. Because they're just being distracted with their I'm phone. I'm pretty sure, guys, it's probably in the hundreds if if around the world it is in the hundreds yeah yeah but yeah. i mean people get hit by car i got hit by a car and i wasn't playing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i literally have done that i was walking across the street and yeah. i got hit by a car yeah man actually you're listen, we're going on topic here but you are notorious for getting hit by cars actually man i'm not gonna lie because it happened once twice remember that that lady who hit you that's oh. who i'm talking oh, wait, about what a, when the, i broke my ribs how about the time you were in the car and you got hit by a car yeah, but I mean, that's still you're in a car. You got. What have you never been in a car accident? Of Dude, any kind? Why, you know, it's dangerous to ask a question like it's that. Very, yeah. I, I oh gave Ryan. I gave, I gave Ryan this example of one of the. I problems. believe in science. I, I, I gave Ryan this example of one of the things about him that I'm, I'm trying to like maybe update a little bit is, I mean, Western cultures they do similar things, but I feel like Asian cultures do it cuter. You know. You know, for example, <laughs> the thing where so like say, Hello Kitty. No, 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 here's the example. <laughs> well, I, what I mean is the, the gestures, the animations, the behavior tends to be a little bit more on the cutesy side. And the example that I gave him was that, you know, the thing where when you say something and you're like, oh, I should have said that. And you kind of like, like, not spit, but you make the gesture of spitting as if you're like, yeah, eh, I never said that. Well, like the way Sri Lanka people do it is we're just like, like, we just do this like little like. This little, I don't know, it's very cute. I really, I really wish you would do All that. All that reminds me of is from uh, my big fat Greek wedding where she's oh, yeah. spitting on the oh, big I, fat Greek wedding. Oh, I love you. you know, oh, and she's like spitting on her grandson. <laughs> okay, look, China. Yeah, anyway, yeah, Back China. to China. Back so, to China. What I want to talk to you guys about is it's a documentary that I watched back in 2008, and it's like one of my favorites. Okay. Basically. Uh, it's, it's, and it is about democracy. It's a story... About an elementary. By the way, the, the documentary is called "Please Vote for Me." It's a story about an elementary school in China, Wuhan Elementary School in the city of Wuhan, and it's about a specific class, grade three, class one. Their teacher is is Mrs. Uh, is Mrs. Zhang. Okay? okay. So, at this school, the class monitors are selected by the teacher every year. Class monitors are selected by the teacher. Class appointed. monitor meaning the, like... the prefect, the prefect basically, okay. the class representative, the person yeah, right. who's just like. 
running the classroom, helping the teacher manage the classroom, selected by the teacher. So this document documentary details the events of the first time in any school in China that elections were held. <laughs> like, and so the I, kids voted. Yeah, for it. And, and basically, here's the thing. In China, by the way, I mean, there are no elections, right? I mean, the, yeah, the right. party selects the appointees for different offices. So there are no elections in China. I'm, and it didn't specify whether uh, there's been, like, adult elections in some capacity, like a smaller fashion. But overall, there's no elections. But in this class, this was the first time in so, school there's elections. For all intents and purposes. This is the first, this is the election, first election in China. This is the first election in China's history oh, yeah, ever. Yeah, in history. So. You heard it here first. <laughs> and by the way, I want to tell you guys this. Seriously, like, I've walked about a long time because this story is amazing. It is amazing. These events were not planned out, but somehow it plays out like a real political campaign, including dirty politics. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> These are eight-year-old children, yeah, by the say- way. This is what was what grade was it third third grade yeah they're they're eight years old all of them so here are the players in our story so first we have Luo Lei Luo Lei is basically Captain America or I guess you'd call him Captain China okay. because he is this like true honest good kid he is like an honest kid nah, his I don't mo- like him <laughs> his mother his mother is a cop and his dad oh dude, no no his dad's the fucking police commissioner nice. like, conflict dude. of interest. <laughs> Like his his parents are police, um, and it, and at one point, his parent. But, but so basically, the idea I'm trying to give you guys: this guy is like lawful, good paladin character. He is like the best of the best, honest and true. His parents at one point offer to help him with this election, to give him tips, to give him some assistance. And what he says to them is this: I'm, I'm gonna read quotes from these kids too. What he says to them is this: he says, "I will rely on my own strength. I don't want to control others." They should think for themselves. People should vote for whom they want. Jesus. Wow. Wow. By the way, like like two days before, they had no idea what the word vote meant. They actually asked kids, (laughs) what what, what does vote mean? And the kid's like, "Mm, what 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 does it mean? I don't know. Actually, I love it because just like like any kids, when they hear the word, they repeat it. And they're like, like they say the the Chinese word for, you know, for vote. And they're like, what's that? What's that mean? Like, they're just ask around. Is this the teacher's idea to like hold elections or the kids wanted to Vote. Yeah, the teacher's idea, but I think it was brought to her by the filmmakers. Like they p- okay. presented the idea. So oh, so, so someone was like, "We want to make a documentary. How about you have?" <laughs> was it class like elections? an American crew who came to China? It was like, "Hey, let's let's have an election." <laughs> well, it was a BBC documentary, oh, okay. but but here's the thing: well, the most mm, most of the so. filmmakers and everybody involved was Chinese, so it was mostly a Chinese production, though. Um, okay, the next player in the story is a girl named Zhu Jiafei. So she is the hardest working student in the entire class. She has really low self-esteem and is afraid of public speaking. And her whole reason for running is she wants to, like, improve herself. She wants to be a better person. Dude, she wants to boost her God confidence. Dude, these eight-year-old Chinese kids are better people than me. <laughs> and I'm way older than eight. Yeah. That's good for her. Yeah. I mean, like, she is – I'm, I'm going to be feel, honest. I feel – She's my favorite. I feel shitty now. <laughs> Listen, man, no, when you grow up, you become you shittier. Up. I was I was an awesome person when I was in high school. I was like funny guy, comic relief, enjoying life. Now I'm like funny guy, comic relief, but not enjoying life, you know? Now you're Magneto's right guy. <laughs> Magneto's right everything. guy. I hate everything. Yeah. Um, anyway, so she she just wants to better herself as a person. And her mother, dude, here's the thing that like makes you really like, I, I seriously, I love this girl. Actually, in my mind, I actually thought to myself, like, if I had 
a sister or a daughter, I would want her to be Zhao Fei. Like, she is <laughs> such, like, an amazing person. Her mother is a school admin, and she's also a single mother, and she's divorced. So it's, like, one of those things where Zhao Fei always feels nah. like she has to work harder because she has a single parent. You know, she has, you know, father, no father. So um, one of the quotes she has is, if I become class monitor, I will work hard and make you happy. Please vote for me. It will be the right choice. And by the way, she, she had to practice that so many times. She's so scared of public speaking. And when she said it will be the right choice, she makes this like fist gesture Aww. like, yeah. Like uh, she just like very cute about it's it. Adorable. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Also, I like her, her like backstory thing much more than Captain China. <laughs> Come on, kid. He's like privileged. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Like, Is it more of a stigma in China to have like a single parent, like be divorced? I mean, possibly. I, I think mean, it would be. Not sure. Yeah. But, but finally, we have a third player in the story. Um, his there's name, only three? There's three. There's okay. three people running. His name is Chang Chang. And here's the thing. Well, here's the first thing about Chang Chang. Let's be honest here. Chang Chang's the back in the story. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Straight up. I, when I pictured Chang Chang. <laughs> I don't want to be mean, but he he sounded like the back kid <laughs> in the story. It kind he of is. did, yeah. Dude. Uh, and he's self-aware, by the way. He knows Good. he's a bat kid. Nice. But here's the thing that I need you to know about Chang Chang. <laughs> Was his campaign platform all about, like, extended lunches? <laughs> Dude, here's the thing you need to do about Chang Chang, okay? Um, he is a monster. Dude, oh. Chang Chang is one of the greatest villains I've ever seen <laughs> in any story. In any story. He's like Loki. He's like, I don't know, man. Like, he is up there with, like, the villains of the world, you know? Okay. Moriarty-level villain. Like, he is a monster. And, I mean, he, for an eight-year-old, he is, like, Machiavellian, you know? Nice. Okay. One of his quotes is, I want to be class monitor because you can order people around. <laughs> Fuck you, Chang Chang. <laughs> By the way, if there's one other reason to dislike Chang Chang, it's he has a rat tail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what? A rat tail. It's like a ponytail, oh, but God. a okay, rat got tail. It, got really, got he's it. really... You could not pick a better eight-year-old <laughs> to be a Chinese. And I will say from my experience of working with kids, most kids, even now, who have rat tails, they're brats. <laughs> what a shitty kid. Chang Chang. You don't All even right. know what he did yet. All you know is he's a monster. I know he has a rat tail, that he's enough. fat, and that he, wants, I know he wants to be president because you can tell people what to do. I feel like I got in fights with kids like Chang Chang. <laughs> okay, so. I hope you beat up kids like Chang Chang actually better than just fights. <laughs> maybe <laughs> so uh okay so um first thing that they had to do was a talent show right um the basically the way it worked was talent show then debates and then final speeches that's how they uh, how they did it that, that was the plot that was okay. you know the, the the platform or the process of the platform so zhao fei went first my girl <laughs> zhao fei i feel so, i already feel bad for her not bad for her like uh, i just feel well, like uh, listen i want you to think she, i i want to protect her I already protect, i feel bad she has to do a talent I show i mean you think about this though think about this perspective of, of how this this is like a story this is how it's already set up you've got one kid who's like captain china one kid who's just like evil and then you've got this really honest good person in the middle if this was basically like you know corrupt politics on both sides of the the spectrum the girl is like an honest regular civilian who's caught in the middle yeah. of this maelstrom 
So I mean, Captain China's not a bad kid. He's not he's a bad just, kid, but you know, he's got that privilege. He's, he's got. got... <laughs> he, you know, it is. He, he's the kind of kid who'd say like, like, no, I, I know how Zhao Fei feels. Like, I totally empathize with her situation. No, you don't, kid. You've got two <laughs> parents. You don't understand. Yeah. So Zhao Fei was going first. What? When did this happen, by the way? Like what year? In two thousand eight. Two thousand eight was yeah. the actual election. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I uh, just wanted to make sure I knew. So when I was like talking about this, I could be like Zhao Fei, two thousand eight. You know that sort of. Thing. <laughs> but also Get that way you'll know when Chen Cheng <laughs> is like of age and you can actually kick his ass without you know. Oh, I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, class monitors, by the way, can pick two assistants. I want you to know that. So the teacher picks the class monitor traditionally, and the class monitor picks two people to be the assistant. Just that's heads up. So foreshadow. Yeah, the kids have to show off one of their talents and then deliver a speech. So what Cheng Cheng does is does this. Zhao Fei is going first. Cheng Cheng tells this other kid, who I'm going to refer to as Shmi. Um, <laughs> so Shmi, he tells Shmi he'll give him the assistant position if the kid boos Zhao Fei. And by the way, (laughs) you, Chang Chang, oh my god! And then he tells him, "But listen, you have to get the entire class to boo Zhao Fei." And the kid's like, "Yeah, I want to be assistant. Yeah, okay, I'll do it." So the kid's like all on board for doing this. Oh my god! And by the way, they show they show behind the scenes, and Zhao Fei practiced hard, and she kept making mistakes. But her mom's like, "No, keep trying. You can do it. I believe in you." And she's like, "All right." So she kept on trying. Dude, hold on before you're like nail biting. Before we continue, (laughs) I'm like really invested in this. Where did you watch this? Like, can I? Yeah, you can watch it. It's, Netflix. It's, it's no, it's not. It was, but not anymore. It's uh. not online. It's it's like streaming. It's easy okay. to find. All right. Um. So I mean, her mom helped her like practice and do her hair. Like she's like like she made herself look cute to like you know be ready for this. She's like really excited. So Shmi got to cl- the Shmi got the whole class when she was up there to do her like she was playing with the clarinet I think. Uh, Smi got the whole class to shout, Zhao Fei, Zhao Fei, the slowest eater, Zhao Fei, Zhao Fei, <laughs> rotten gossiper. And Zhao Fei was like trying, like you can see, try. She was trying to like do her Aww. performance, but like she was so sad, she started to cry and she oh left the room. Oh man! And Zhao Fei's mother, then she cried because like the parents were there also. She cried because she was like explaining to the camera, like like it's been so hard on Zhao Fei these years uh. because she has no father, and like you know, it's it's like she tries so hard to like better, you know. Listen, be- <laughs> you know what the best thing about this whole scenario is right now for me, <laughs> knowing that I am. 29 and Chang Chang is 8 in 2008 right so how old is he now he's 16 16 yeah I'm gonna fuck you up so bad Chang Chang I I don't care how fat you are I can kick your ass dude (laughs) so uh, by the way what a little shit Zhao Fei did walk back into the room and in between tears she finished her performance like she finished like a true my girl Yeah. yeah then uh, Chang Chang, dude, this is how crazy Zhao, uh, Chang Chang is. After Zhao Fei left the room, because she's still crying, but she finished and then she left, Zhao, uh, Chang Chang goes outside and consoles Zhao Fei and tells her that, you know, what they did was wrong. Like, I can't believe they did this. Oh <laughs> he's God. trying to get her to support him. And he's, he's like, I'm going to talk to them and tell them what they did was wrong. So he got Smi and a bunch of other classmates to apologize to her. And, like, the whole class was crying because they were so sad about what they did to Zhao Fei. But, like... Dude, Chang he's, Chang he's an evil genius. Dude, he is, <laughs> is the most is. Manipula- manipulative eight-year-old ever. Wow, that's fucking crazy. It's almost impressive how, like, I yeah, wasn't it's even... it's like, you're mad and this? you want to like, punch him. Yeah, you want to punch him, but then you're like, props. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like... Wow. <laughs> he has a future in politics. Not Chinese politics, because that's not how it works over American here. Politics. American, American politics. American politics, for sure. <laughs> 
So come on over, <laughs> Chang Chang. <laughs> Ryan See will meet happens. you at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> so Chang Chang. Then, uh, by the way, Chang Chang's performance he's going to do is he wants to sing a song. And dude, one of his, this is why I said I love how self-aware he is. One of his like henchmen, his two assistant henchmen, they tell him like, oh, you should sing like the pop stars. And they're like imitating pop stars they've seen on TV. Like, oh, you should sing like them. And Chang Chang's like, he shakes his head and he like pats his stomach. And he's like, <laughs> nah, I'm fat. I can't tuck in my belly like that. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just like nah I'm too fat for that <laughs> dude it's really weird and funny when an 8 year old child's like nah I'm fat <laughs> it's it's cute and it's sad and it's funny at the same time it's weird <laughs> so this documentary just goes through a whole range dude, of emotions this is a roller coaster it's a, it's a good because I dude. sort of like Chang Chang in this moment but I, I know oh, deep down I'm gonna yeah. hate him um, after his song he asks everyone to support him he sings a whatever it was okay but he says hey even if you don't support me, please pity me and vote for me anyway. <laughs> Look how fat I am. And, and dude, he tells everyone, he does this thing, by the way, he, he walks up to each classmate and he like pats their shoulders and like rubs their shoulders and he says to them, good karma, good karma, good karma your way. And all the kids are like, yeah, yeah, I want good karma. And so all the kids touch him like he's Jesus, dude. Like they love him. They're like, yeah, yeah, good karma. Dude. This and so he like, crazy. like, they're like all about, like at this point, Cheng Cheng is like, like so, like everybody He's a loves him. To win. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So then it's Luo Lei's turn, and Cheng Cheng convinces Zhao Fei that Luo Lei is the one who turned everyone against her. Oh my god! And so wow. he wants to get her to support him. So he tells her to get back at him, and he tells her, by the way, but listen, I don't want anything bad to happen to you. So if things go badly in there, blame it on me. Like I'll I'll take all the blame for it, and just tell them it was my idea. And Zhao Fei's like, ah, oh, thanks, yeah, I'll do that. Okay, thanks. Because Zhao Fei wants payback because she thinks Luo Lei really hurt her. And oh, so, man. like, but she thinks, like, oh, Chen Chen's really nice. <laughs> Girl, they always say things like that to you. <laughs> no. And they'll say anything to get in there. It's, uh, well, get in the classroom, get in the vote, I guess, in yeah. this case. But, um, to get something. That. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, not. They're eight years old. <laughs> but, um, so, Luo Lei, by the way, but this is actually. I, I actually didn't realize this the first time I watched it in 2008, but second time I was like, oh, shit, he did. Luo Lei played the flute, and he played Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey's When You Believe. Like, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh wow, hey. Um, Cheng Chang convinces everyone he's out of tune, and then he convinces everybody in the class that Luo Lei is a child beater, and he's a threat to the classroom. A what? child beater? Eight-year-old child beater. But he's yeah. a child. <laughs> he's a child also. But he convinces everybody, like, yeah, yeah, he beat me. And some kids are like, yeah, yeah, he beat me too. And, like, everybody's convinced he's a child beater. Dude, by the <laughs> like way. Mob mentality. Seeing all this as the teacher, <laughs> you must have just, the teacher must have just been like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is why, this we're is why we don't do elections, <laughs> this is why we're guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and their, whole, and their whole thing was they watched the kids. They didn't want to interfere too yeah, much, right. you know? So, yeah, and, but, but I love the fact that he tells everyone, like, or everyone's convinced Luo Lei's a threat. Like, they use the word threat to the ca- classroom. And uh, Zhao Fei supports Cheng Cheng at, at this point. She's, like, also a part of this. Luo Lei sternly tells Cheng Cheng like, I'll never vote for you. And by the way, you have to imagine this scene. Chang Chang's eating porridge. And in between eating porridge, <laughs> of course he is. like, he's just in between eating porridge. And, and you know, Luo Lei says, I'll never vote for you. And Chang Chang tells him, you know, my mom told me to vote for myself. And I told her, nah, I want to vote for Luo Lei because I really like Luo Lei. And, and Luo Lei's like, oh. And then Luo Lei started to cry because he felt like an asshole. Like, Luo Lei's like, oh, man, like, he was going to vote for me. And I just. Dude, like, Chang Chang sh- is 
the Chinese real version of Cartman. Like, he really is... That's fucking crazy. It's impressive. <laughs> and Luo Lei is so sad that, like, oh, I was such an asshole to Chang Chang. He's like, ah, and, I know, and he, nobody likes him at this point. So he's like, ah, I'm, I'm going to quit the election. I don't want to do it. He dropped out? No, no, he was thinking about dropping oh. out. And as soon as Chang Chang heard... Dude, he's straight up. He's like, like, <laughs> like he's laughing like a maniac, and he's running around. and He's like, yeah, like he's so happy, laughing like a maniac because Luo Lei is quitting. <laughs> so did Luo Lei see this? No, Luo Lei didn't no. didn't see this part. I want you guys to know at this point before we continue on the story, it's almost irrational how much I hate Chang Chang. <laughs> like I <laughs> loathe Chang Chang. Yeah, yeah even, same. Same. <laughs> even for things though that are like not his fault like they show you their home lives right so Chang Chang is a kid where when he gets home he takes off his pants and he walks around the house in his underwear like and watching TV you know he just watches TV lays around the house in his underwear right. um, at, at one point um, his mom washes his ass after he took a shit I mean but I mean listen he's 8 years old of course he can't clean up after himself that well so his mom washes his ass after he took a shit but dude even for things like that that are like normal for an 8 year old I'm like this pretentious that was not, son that's of a not bitch not normal for an 8 year old yeah I was gonna say 8 kind of old to not really be think so wiping your own Noosh, ass what are you trying to tell us yeah. no, 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 no. I'm just saying I'm no listen listen an 8 year old child they can wipe their own ass with toilet paper I'm saying though like they might not be able to do a good job. That's what I'm saying. Dude, you cannot tell me an eight-year-old can wipe no, their ass that well. No, but I am certain my mom was not wiping Listen, like yeah, I was going to say, when like, I, once, I think once you're capable yourself and mm-hmm. you get the gist of it, it's like, that's on you, man. I'm exactly. not going to keep really? wiping your ass. Absolutely. Huh. Huh. I, would you wipe an eight-year-old's ass? Uh, listen, I, I'm just saying <laughs> one thing here. I, I mean, maybe this is a Sri Lankan culture thing. Like, they do. Like, I mean, until your kid's, like, able to, like, be, like, nah, I can... Like, I how can, old, though? I don't know. I mean, like, I think, I want to say, like, nine, maybe. They should be able to do their own I mean, own eight thing. and nine. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, though. I, I, for me, like, I'm, by the way, I'm speaking purely from a... I can speak as a Californian, as, as in a Sri Lankan. Like, I have both mm-hmm. perspectives, and I can analyze one and the other from both sides. As a Californian, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Eight-year-olds should be able to wipe their own ass. But as a Sri Lankan, I'm like, ah. Oh. I want to make sure you're. You know what though? Right. I don't think that's a Sri Lankan thing. Yeah. As much as it is a Noosh thing, just because I feel like you. <laughs> Dude, not, no, not, no, 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 hold on. Let me explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's mostly just because you're like, uh, you're. I don't know if you're clean enough. Like I, I'm yeah. really worried that you're not clean enough. Like I don't think it's so much a. Dude, it is a Sri Lankan thing. I'm telling you, it's a Sri Lankan huh? thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, Eight seems far too old. Yeah. for me, you're taking like I real. I think six is like the cutoff. You're I taking think. like yeah. real grown-up shits at that point. I don't, even, I don't need to be involved in that. Anyway, so Chang Chang gets his, okay, he gets his pretentious <laughs> but like, fat-ass Even for wife. that, even for that, I'm like, this guy, I fucking hate him for that. Like, you have, like, like that adult kind of anger for an eight-year-old. You realize <laughs> yes. that? Like, that adult, like, mind-consuming anger yes. for an eight-year-old. It's just like... Same. It's it just kind of like, it's like, <laughs> wow, you have your mom wipe your ass. All right, Chang Chang, like, you... I hate you. But, by the way, at one point he tells his mom, um, can I take my underwear off? And she's like, no. And he's like, but I've got some pee on them. <laughs> yeah, I hate him. I hate him. So, Luo Lei, he's trying to find out how he can, like, get into the favor of the classroom again. So, his parents try to help him. They're like, all right, listen, we're going to help you now because you couldn't do it on your own. So, they arrange to take the whole class on a field trip 
to the monorail to like I mean and honestly let's be honest rich they're like <laughs> basically he's buying out the class so they take the the whole class on a field trip in hopes Captain that they'll America. be happy and vote for him basically at this point dude Luo Lei's gone black hat at this point this is where I was like ah oh, dude you either die here or you live long enough to become the villain because Luo yeah. Lei was all about justice and honor and now he's like alright I'll he's, buy the vote he's compromised yeah. all of his values I mean, <laughs> I mean his whole thing is his whole thing is he still has good intention but he's, he's willing to get his hands what dirty. did you say at the beginning of this Luo Lei people <laughs> should vote because that's who they want for <laughs> apparently well if you're voting for the wrong person clearly yeah. we have to correct that you know so uh, Cheng Cheng, after this whole monorail thing happens, everybody's like, oh, we love Luo Lei. Luo Lei is awesome. Cheng Cheng considers quitting. And he says, dude, this is actually the part where I was like, oh, Cheng Cheng. He's, he's, he has a heart. Like, he's sad. He says, Luo Lei has bought off my supporters. He's taken all the votes. Only, <laughs> only two will support me now. My heart aches. Oh, God. <laughs> you oh okay, God. right? <laughs> I think dude, I don't know to... why I was like, oh, God. Get really emotional right there. <laughs> no, I was drinking when I started Maggie laughing. Uh, just imagining. I almost don't want to watch this just because I have like an image of who these kids are in my head. <laughs> That's true. And imagining Chang Chang just like I pictured him just sitting down, no pants, still in this in the scene, <laughs> just kind of looking off camera, just like Lule bought off all my supporters. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's such a real weird, like, adult thing yeah. for, like, a small eight-year-old. He's a very self-aware child. Monster. Yeah. Sitting in kind of a dark room with to be just a light on him. He has a very brooding, yeah. brooding yeah. look. Just bought up all my supporters. My heart aches. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, here's the thing where I'm going to give you some background also. I want to mention that in their school life, Luo Lei was already class monitor for two years in this classroom. Like, he's mm. been class monitor for a long time. Cheng Cheng wants to be the class monitor uh, because his goal is one day he wants to be the president of China. Like, that's his... So he can order he people to, around. He wants to put on his resume. <laughs> yeah. Look how good I am at <laughs> yeah. ordering people around. So, debate one. Cheng Cheng versus Zhao Fei. So, Cheng Cheng helps Zhao Fei make a list of Luo, Luo Lei's faults. She hel- he helps her make a list for Luo Lei's issues. And then, Cheng Cheng goes to Luo Lei and tells him, Zhao Fei is trying to turn the others against you. She's making a list of all your faults. Um, when and by the way, when he's playing everybody against each other, when asked by the documentary people, you know, if he was confident about these elections, <laughs> Cheng Cheng says, "Yes, I'm not even afraid of God now." <laughs> <laughs> What's a god to a non-believer? <laughs> Jesus, oh, Cheng Cheng. This so, kid <laughs> during the speeches. Cheng Cheng, dude, this is amazing. Zhao Fei, like, they're all pointing out criticisms about their, <laughs> they have no policies, so it's criticisms about, about their, like, ethic, I guess, in class. Their playground like, demeanor. Their, their, exactly, their There's, demeanor. Yeah, talking so trash. So Zhao Fei is, like, pointing out all the things about Cheng Cheng, and Cheng Cheng, dude, he has the ultimate wait, 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 defense. Talking, she's she's pointing out things about Cheng Cheng? Yeah, yeah, because she has to debate Cheng Cheng yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. So he has the ultimate defense, apathy. He doesn't give a shit. He's, meh. Like he did, nothing phase it, and, and you have to imagine this. Zhao Fei is a really sweet girl, and she's trying really hard to public speak and criticize somebody. Yeah, right. So she's trying really hard. Like she does this thing where she stutters a little bit. Like, she's like, like she'll like like kind of clench her fist and like kind of bite her lip a little bit, trying to like think of the words to say to like criticize yeah. somebody. She's trying so hard. Like, but uh, and then she'll say something. Like she's trying so hard. At one point, um, <laughs> during so. Cheng Cheng, he says to her, Zhao Fei lacks confidence because she cried at the talent show. 
<laughs> by the way, by the way, fucking wow, piece of shit. Because he made her cry. Like it was. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's. And uh, then he claims that Zhao Fei is a slow eater, and I love Zhao Fei's response. Like she kind of stutters, and she's trying to find a defense, and she's like, "Eating slowly is my personal habit." And then he's like, "Well, you gossip and talk a lot in class." And then Zhao Fei like kind of thinks for a moment. She's like, "I, I only spoke for a moment." Like, <laughs> like she's like Jesus. trying so hard to like. And then Zhao Fei says to this is the only, like the main criticism she had for him. She she's like, "You're a blabbermouth." And then Cheng Cheng responds, "Being talkative is a form of communication. Communication is important." Oh my Jesus. god, dude, he is like an this, evil genius, yes. dude. This dude, fucking guy. guys, he might not even be eight years old. <laughs> yeah, did he he's like, a plant. He he went back a couple years. He's like thirteen. <laughs> he's like, this is I Webster. really really have to get this it's on an my alien resume. Child. After he wins a debate, he goes up to Luo Lei while Luo Lei's sitting down, and he says, "Don't underestimate me." Oh wow! So next, dude, he's like really good at like getting into people's heads and shit too. Wow, that's so. Next debate is Cheng Cheng versus Luo Lei. So Cheng Cheng claims that he'll be a manager, not a dictator like Luo Lei, and then he says, "Raise your hand if you've ever been beaten by Luo Lei," and then like half the class raises their hand, (laughs) and then he says, "I don't need to say much more about what a dictator is." Oh my god! And then Luo Lei's only defense is even parents have to beat their kids sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Does he actually have Luo Lei believing that he beat up these kids? Here's the thing: the revelation at this point in the story, though, because we only find this out later, is that Luo Lei does this thing sometimes when somebody's not paying attention. He'll like whack him. Like he'll it's not beat as in like Uh, I beat the shit out of you. He'll 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 hit mm. a kid to like get their attention. So he's he's a strict, stern monitor you know um the people were ready for change (laughs) the people (laughs) so luo lei asks who cheng cheng will vote for and cheng cheng says oh i'll vote for myself and luo lei claims you're a liar you told me you'd vote for me and uh and luo lei says that the only way to maintain order is to be strict with everyone and then cheng cheng responds they're afraid of you what kind of method is that is that of a dictator (laughs) dude cheng cheng is so like I hate him so much, but I like respect him. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, he played the game well. Yeah. So I feel like if I went to go beat him up, like he would somehow turn it into like dude, something would... about like, <laughs> like me feeling really inadequate and just like he'd be like, "Not Ryan, Noosh turned everybody on the show against you." <laughs> he did. Oh, all my interferes are coming true. <laughs> so the final speeches, and I'll just summarize what they basically said. Cheng Cheng promises to run the class through appointed committees. He said, I'm no longer going to be running the class myself. When I become the monitor, I'm going to have appointed committees, and you will all be assistant monitors running the classroom together. Zhao Fei, her speech is very simple and to the point. She says, friends, I have cried when I faced difficulties. I nearly gave up. But I will face challenges with courage. I will work hard to live up to everyone's expectations. That's uh, that's what she said. It's heartbreaking because I already know. I fucking know Chang Chang's gonna win. <laughs> Luo Lei, dude, Luo Lei doesn't have a speech. You know what Luo Lei does? He gives everyone a gift from the Autumn Festival. He straight dude, up. Dude, he has no wow. he has no speech. He just buys everyone a gift. And dude, the look on Chang Chang's face is just like. This motherfucker, like he's he, like like Luo Lei went black hat. He just he went dirty politics all, all the way. Yeah. He's like there's no well a different know, way, different way. Yeah, yeah. Chang Chang. So once the ballots are cast, um, <laughs> Chang Chang. By the way, as it's being counted, he says to everyone, "If Luo Lei wins, he'll torment all of you." <laughs> and so the final score is this though: um, Zhao Fei got seven votes, 
Okay. And this is not like drumming, yeah. Yeah. drumming noise. Zhao, Zhao Fei got seven votes. Okay. Cheng Cheng got six votes. Oh my god. Luo Lei got twenty five votes. Fuck. <laughs> wow. There it is, guys. <laughs> that's that's the so election. everyone needs to. The yeah. lesson of this is that money always wins. Just that's how it works <laughs> Dude, in democracy. I mean, isn't money it? Isn't it like the perfect encapsulation wins. of like? American yeah. politics. So, yeah. by the way, after this happened, dude, though, like, Cheng Cheng Yeah, wept. he beats me, but he gave me presents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're all just kids, dude. We're all For just real. eight-year-olds. <laughs> but Cheng Cheng wept. Like, he, I actually felt bad. He wept, and he looked destroyed as a person because he really wanted it. And actually, everyone cried. Everyone uh, Zhao Fei cried, Cheng Cheng, the whole people class. Who, the people uh, who voted they for cried. Lei cried. Dude, <laughs> the people who voted cried because of the election results, which is pretty accurate to our politics as well, to be honest. Um, We're all going to feel by the way, today. The very first thing that Luo Lei did as class monitor after he was elected. Hit everybody. He scolded everybody for crying. <laughs> the very first thing he did. Oh my god! And the last thing I'm gonna leave you with, though, to put the thing, this the whole thing into perspective. I think you got the idea, though, from this story. Is just to reference their home lives, though. Lole actually does come from a wealthy family. He like when you see his house and where he yeah, lives, yeah. you can tell this kid's got money. I mean, they took everyone to a freaking yeah, yeah, field mod. trip. Yeah, got everyone presents. Yeah, dude, you know, you know what is actually funny about this? So Lule was doing bad, and his parents were like, "All right, listen, we're gonna help you now." Yeah, and then now we know how they helped him. They were just like, "Here's money." Dude, it's it's Making it corporate sponsorships. It's <laughs> yeah, donors. Man, it's... Yeah, it's straight up donors. Um, Jesus. Zhao, uh, well, Zhao Fei comes uh, obviously from a poor family. She's a single mother working hard. Like she has a very working class poor family. But also, dude, Cheng Cheng comes from a poor family too. His whole thing was he wanted to like you know also better himself. But uh, I, I feel bad a little bit for Cheng Cheng because he comes from a poor family. But I don't know. I mean, do you know what it is? I, I after I watched this, guys, I'll tell you this. My honest feeling was. Very conflicted. I was very conflicted because it's weird. It's like, yeah, Luo Lei had a good intentions, but he got corrupted along the way. Yeah. Zhao Fei was the best candidate, the best person, and the best person did not have a chance at winning. Cheng Cheng had goals Dude, that this, were... Yeah. This yeah. is so Dude. fucking parallel. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Cheng Cheng had intentions that would have benefited people. Like he had, you know, dem- democratic ideals, I guess you could say. But his methodology, his his way about doing things was also he up. was like, a shitty person. He was a shitty person, <laughs> and his way of doing things was just shitty. But his goals were noble in uh. some de- some degree. So I don't know, man. This I was really conflicted by the end of it, but I really like this documentary. Like it's it's one of my favorites for sure. Awesome. Definitely. Yeah. Good story. Yeah, so everybody, go check it out. It's called Please Vote for Me. Please yeah. vote for me. Cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm seriously gonna look it up and watch Wait, it. Well, dude, the, the hashtag though should be like hashtag, you know, I'm with Zhao Fei. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm still with Zhao Fei, dude. Zhao Fei twenty, you know, twenty four. <laughs> yeah, poor Zhao Fei. Yeah, she should have won. She should have won. She's she's the candidate we deserve, but not the one we wanted. Clearly. <laughs> So, Courtney, what do you uh, what do you offer us? Um, so, I was going to talk about political satire. Okay. Um, so, uh, obviously, right now there's a lot of satire out there, and we know it. You know, just a, you know, The Daily Show now with John Oliver, he does a lot of satire and everything like that. Um, what's the point of satire? Um, a couple of people have said that you know, basically to run it down to it, um, boil it down, it magnifies the wrongs or the perceived wrongs of government. Um, the main purpose is to launch an attack using the weapon of wit. 
Um, mm. And there's plenty of examples that you know, just like also SNL with their kids. Those are yeah, really right. funny. Um, but even before then, we've had that too. It goes, you know, Gulliver's Travels by uh, Jonathan Swift. Mm-hmm. Um, but it even goes back to the Greeks. Um, what you know, twenty four in the never mind. Well, but yeah, Uncle, the Greeks. Uncle yeah. Tom's Cabin, for example, also is yeah. a, a form of political. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Greeks yeah. did political satire. Yes, they did. The Greeks had a ballot, like not ballots. What's it called like uh, bills? Like no, no, you know flyers, flyers, flyers. flyers. They, they'd be yeah using flyers oh. for elections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, so that was. I mean, I was just wanted to give a brief thing like that. I had some notes on that, but um, one of the main things though that we especially see, but also became very popular in the U.S. was were political cartoons, especially during the time of like the, before the Revolutionary War, gearing up towards that, and then of course you know during the Civil War as well. And a lot of the reason why it was cartoons was because um, people were illiterate; they could just look at her and get the idea of it, mm-hmm. um, and everything like that. So, and actually, it's from... Poli- you know what's really funny about that, by the way? In, in a weird way, I'm not, I'm not going to say nothing's changed, because like, most of the country's pretty literate at this point, but in a weird Are way, they? it's... it's well, <laughs> but for the most... But there's, there's a parallel there, where a lot of people, especially young people in this country, get their news from satire. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. kind of very parallel to getting your news mm-hmm. from uh, a comic or a cartoon. Yeah. Well, what I, I didn't know this, but um, it was from political cartoons that we got the what we know now as the elephant and the donkey for the Democratic and the Republican parties. That came oh, from they, a, that oh, came that from came a political, from a political, a political cartoon. cartoon. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Um, so I thought, and also the term gerrymandering that came from a political cartoon as well. Um, so we get terms, and it, it, it does enter into our you know vocabulary. And the point of satire, political satire, especially, is to get people to to think about what it is. Um, and that was what Benjamin Franklin's thing was. He said, um, let's see, what do I have that quote? Where basically he was saying um, that his, his, the point of it all is to get them to, to think about it, to, to you know, talk about it, and it gets into your mind. So anyway, that kind of leads into, so when I first started looking into this, what immediately jumped to my mind, I remember reading it in high school, was A Modest Proposal by Jonathan Swift. Any of you guys heard of it? I know, I know Fiona has. Yeah, I, I haven't. It. Yeah. So what Jonathan, this was written in 1729, and what Jonathan Swift wrote, the rundown of it is, is that he says to deal with the Irish and having, you know, because they're you know, a lot of beggars. You have a lot. Of, they have all these children that they can't feed. What we should do to solve this? I hope it's going to be buy them all turkey dinner because mm. I feel like it's not going to go in that direction. <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to be a lot less yeah. <laughs> nice well, than that. What his proposal is is to basically fatten up your kids for the first year and sell them as meat. Oh, <laughs> my hands are not on my head, but it should be. <laughs> So wow. Well, that was, a, go, joke. That was a cartoon goes, joke. That was a that was a joke. Well, it's a book, right? Or a, oh, it's a book. Well, it's, it's, a, satire. Okay, it's a satire. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not his real. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I was like, oh, <laughs> no. But he's making a very real point of it. So he goes through a whole thing of it, and I won't. I mean, I won't go into the just. But there's there's parts that was just like you know, wow. And one of his things, his arguments is that by doing it this way, we'll get rid of some of the papists because he was very Protestant and he wanted to get rid of the people that were um, Catholics. So he's like, oh, okay. it's a win-win. We'll, we'll, you know, eat all the Catholics. We'll eat all the Catholics. We'll bring in money <laughs> for the, proposal, yeah. to the thing. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it works, you know. And he does, he does all this math. He's like, um, you know, let, let's say there's about a million and a half people, about 200,000 couples whose wives are breeders. Um, and then from that number, I subtract 30,000 couples who can maintain their own children. Um, and then... 
from that, then we'll get 170,000 breeders. You know what's really scary about if somebody was to write that now? Yeah. It's one of those things where you're like, that's satire, right? It's satire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. satire. It's, yeah. It is. Please tell me it's satire. <laughs> yeah. Because it might not be. <laughs> Well, and so he goes into it, and he says um, he says that he has a friend over in America who's told him, yeah, there are merchants who would buy this. This would be a great product to have. Um, Fat Irish kids. Yeah. Well, and he says, and he, he comes to the age that you should, um, a young, healthy child uh, by one-year-old would be the most delicious. It will have the most meat on the bones. So that would be the time. If you go any older... Um, okay, right here it says, looks like it's totally freaking you out. Just horrified look on I, your face. Not not about eating kids, just the idea of eating kids that are older than one. Yeah, that's I mean, yeah. out. Like, not, I, listen, they in my all mind, tough. oh, babies yeah. are fine. But anything over soft. one. I mean, in the movie Snowpiercer, I'm not gonna talk anymore. Oh yeah, that's spoilers. That movie, I, I was yeah. about to say a spoiler. I was like, it's a good movie though. It's it a is good a good movie. movie. Yeah, uh, people should watch it. I mean, all of, he goes down to it. Um, another thing he says, um, he says, I have been assured by a very knowing American of my acquaintance in London that a young, healthy child well-nursed is at a year old a most delicious, nourishing, and wholesome food, whether roasted, baked, or boiled. And I make no doubt that it will equally serve in a fricassee? Fricassee. Fricassee. There you go. Okay. Or a ragu. So, you know. And he goes on and on about this, um, and he says, you know, if you go older than that, then they start to lose, you know, their their meat because they're growing up older, all of that. Um, he goes into the popish infants, so that'll be a way to get rid of the, the Catholics in there. Um, but if somebody tunes in right now, democracy episode, <laughs> talk about getting rid of the Irish. <laughs> Specifically uh, eating them. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, not just getting rid um, of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's just really funny. But um, and he says, oh, and he gets into uh, whereas uh, that the women who do this, they'll be able to make a profit. Um, so they'll sell their, ch- their children and then they'll have some money to live off of until they're ready to produce the next child. And then they, they will be able to then maintain themselves. And then at the end of this whole thing, very small font, he writes, JK, LOL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and so that's basically the rundown. I, I remember reading this in high school, and I think probably because it was assigned reading, I'm just like, I wasn't interested in it at all. But then part of me, it took me a while to realize, wait, is he for real or is he joking? I'm not really yeah. sure. Um, but then later on, the teacher's like, no, 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 just a joke, you know. But he makes really good points about, you know, because at this time. He um, makes really good points? It, the satire, because what he's pointing out, I mean, I didn't go oh, through the Oh, I see thing. what you're saying. You're saying the, the like, joke. The joke of a... it, yeah, is because he's he's talking about the way the Irish were being treated by the English. Um, I think this kind of might go and coincide when you're talking about um, Captain Boycott. Um, you know, around that time, because you have absentee landlords, they're, yeah. you know, you know, so um, basically his whole thing is, yeah, guys, let's totally get rid of the Irish. You know what we should do? We should fucking eat them, guys. Exactly. That's yeah. That's like the, the tone he was trying to yep. do. Okay. There is one po- – uh, was it in here? Yeah. <laughs> Some, oh. Somebody's <laughs> like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a I'm good sure, idea. I'm sure some people there are was, like, yeah, let's eat them. They didn't see a JK. They didn't see a, they didn't JK, see a JK at all. JK. Exactly. Well, the other thing I wanted to then talk about um, – Kind of, it's not really a segue, but another one that I found that I thought was interesting was, so Ben Franklin, he was a well-known satirist, and actually he's probably credited as being one of the first American satirists, and he, he passed down this kind of legacy. You know, Mark Twain then became it, and they named some other names, but I don't know who they are, so I don't think they're worth mentioning because I don't think you guys would know who they are either. Um, but anyways, this was written uh, by Ben Franklin 
1751, and his the title of his thing that he wrote was Felons and Rattlesnakes. So um, at this time, we're still in the, as the colonies, and Britain is shipping out their convicts to over here. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Um, and as they... Do. Did to Australia as yes, well. Yes, they did yeah. to Australia. And they're and some <laughs> Brin, 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 Brin's not sending their 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 smart, you know, people. They're sending their rapists and murderers. Clearly. Hey. Not literally. <laughs> they're not saying their best and brightest. Exactly. Um, sending and, some bad hombres. <laughs> I wish I could have done a much better Trump impersonation though. I couldn't I couldn't bring it out in time. Yeah. No, um, so yeah, and and even some of the colonies are like, no, we don't want this. So they pass, they do pass some laws saying we don't want this. And for a while, Parliament says like, okay, that's fine, we won't do this anymore. But then a little time passes and they start doing it again. And so then they <laughs> nah, they, they, they pass forgot something. about it. It's okay. Yeah, their reasoning and what they pass, they say that such laws are against the public utility as they tend to prevent the improvement and well peopling of the colonies. So they're saying we have to send these people over because it'll make you guys better. And it'll, you know, bring it all together, and it's it's all good. Um, and I just like how Franklin he already starts with sarcasm. He's like such a tender parental concern in our mother country for the welfare of her children. Um, and so he, I mean, it's just seething. Like he just it, this is under his skin. So he goes into all of this, um, and he says, "Well, um, this is you know." It's kind of like trade, if we're going to look at it this way. You're going to send us this, so we have to send something back. It's just the way that the world works. We have to trade. So what I propose is we have these creatures over here. They're called rattlesnakes. I say we send those over to you. And he says that they should be distributed in St. James Park, in the Spring Gardens, and other places of pleasure about London, but particularly in the gardens of the prime ministers, the lords of trade, and members of parliament. For For them, we are most particularly obliged. So he's like... Yes, we'll send it all over London, but we're going to really focus it over here. Um, yeah, so, like, thanks for the prisoners. Yeah, and some <laughs> <Exactly>. snakes. <laughs> um, and, you know, he goes, he keeps going on, and uh, let's see, another part where he says, yeah, they're most suitable. Well, his argument here at the end is where he gets them. He says that um, uh, rattlesnakes seem the most suitable returns for the human serpents sent us by our mother country. Um, he said, but and they will have the advantage over us. We won't have the advantage. So you're because they have the snakes. Because they have the snakes. And what he's <laughs> what he sums up is he says that you know we don't get warned by these convicts. They'll just sneak up behind you and get you. Or they'll pickpocket you. They'll murder you. Whatever it is. At least the rattlesnakes they have their rattle, and so they'll be able to alert you before they attack you. By the um, way, fun fact: uh, they're finding that rattlesnakes are actually evolving to lose the the rattle. Really, name. really. Yeah. Really? They're like, they're, like, much smaller, and they don't make as much noise, if any. That way they can be even more lethal. Yeah, so I guess I guess evolution was kind of like, this was kind of a dumb idea, yeah. rattlesnakes. Let's, <laughs> oh, let's you know, I not mean, do that. Well, I mean, it makes sense in the sense that, like, people like, Well, originally, were originally yeah. they were like, oh, let's, let's not stay do away that. From and now humans are like, yeah, shovel. So now they're like, oh, well, let's just not yeah. say anything, make I mean, any they, noise. They really need to learn to spit. And once they do that, then they're dangerous. Yeah. Spitting, oh, spitting snakes is the, spitting snakes the way to go, be. really, as yeah. a snake. <laughs> Definitely. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No. Go on. I mean, that's pretty much, I mean, that was his final thing that is just like, yeah, you know, the convict does not, you know, alert us to what he's going to do, but the rattlesnakes will at least do that. So really, England is getting the better of the deal. And that was his whole thing. 
Um, you know, and there there's tons of other stuff throughout history, especially during this time, but then also in the Civil War, that's really where um, political satire got its... Um, where the Americans, at least, really got their stronghold and their type of humor that they were going after. Um, again, because people weren't really uh, literate, so they were using the picture, so they had to really focus on what they were doing. There's one picture um, where it shows Lincoln and Jefferson Davis, um, and they're in the arena of the war, and they're bludgeoning each other with large purses with the caption, final issue of the war, the longest purse wins. And it shows Lincoln with this <laughs> long, you know, like, money bag, and Jefferson with this really short one, which, you know, there, the comment there is just, you know, that money always wins. Money yeah. always wins. And the North has an economic advantage over the South. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that was that was just basically it. You know, and the point of that's but satire, it does get into our language. It does get into our mind and it makes us discuss things that we probably would never thought of. And also it opens the arena because comedians often say what we're all thinking anyway. And they present it in a, um, a funny way. Yeah. So, and that's how it kind of permeates permeates us and, and you know gets into our brains yeah yeah i agree i mean I, I think definitely when comedians are unchained they're able to do it because there's so many times when their voices are stifled just like anybody else's I, you know one of the one, one example I you're give you so those, salty i am I no, I, no no it's not about that i mean i am always i'm always salty listen yeah, yeah. when in doubt i'm salty but I, the example i was gonna give is chris like rock jerky Chris Rock at the Academy Awards, for example, yeah. like they didn't want him to talk about yeah. the the uh, Oscar so black or uh, Oscar, Oscar so, so white. white. Oscar so black would be the ideal situation. <laughs> Oscar so white, um, but he basically negotiated to be able to say what he wants as long as you because know, he had leverage on them. They had nobody else, yeah. and he was able to say what he yeah. what he what he wanted, and he was extremely funny, and he was also poignant about it. So yeah. that is one of the advantages of comedy is that you can be way more incisive than you normally are. Yeah. You know? Gloves are off. Yeah. Really quick, I want to mention something before we... I want to you know, finish up with your story, Ryan, but I want to mention something just on the whole running dirty campaigns and politics thing. I want to mention to you guys my personal experience running dirty politics because um, back when I was in high school, right, junior year of high school, mm-hmm. I never cared about politics. I was always trying to, you know, be lovable, noosh, goofing off, doing whatever. You know, I, I like to have my fun. Um, I remember, though, I always thought to myself, man, like the people running the ASB, though, they, they kind of were lame. Like the ideas they had were lame. They're probably, they're probably not listening, but if they ever do listen, I thought you guys were lame. So, I mean, for example, they did this thing where they're trying to get people to do like a tug-of-war, juniors versus seniors tug-of-war. Oh, no, no, no. They're doing a jumping ja- or jump rope. They're trying okay. to make uh, – no, was it? <laughs> no, they're, they're trying to tug-of-war. They were doing tug-of-war. <laughs> no, they were trying to get people to do tug-of-war. And so me and this other girl, Cassandra – uh, we're just like, huh, you know what? Nah. We just walked up to them, stole their rope, and then we started doing jump rope with a bunch of people. <laughs> Juniors and seniors, everybody was just doing jump rope. And the highlight of that was we got we got our own tug of war. But the tug of war was um what was his name? Like Zach something versus the tree. <laughs> and it was just <laughs> him trying to tear down a tree. But like basically at that point I realized, man, I could do this whole ASB thing way better than them. So on a whim, on a whim, I decided, you know what? I'm going to take down the ASB. And so I basically decided I'm starting my own political party. I got a bunch of people who, not only just my close friends, but people who were like kind of acquaintance friends, to join my party. I had them run for different things. I had Cassandra run for president because she really wanted to be. I, I was running for vice president. I got a bunch of people. Because you really wanted to be. You're always vice. I, I'm always vice. I'm, I, vice is my thing. Also, I'd be working right next to Cassandra. So, you know, there's that. Hey. But, uh, <laughs> so, but, you know, there's a lot of other people that I got to run for different positions. And my whole thing was I, I, I ran a campaign based off of the idea of 
ASB is corrupt and we need to change things. And I created flyers all over the school and I would plaster the flyers on the door of the entire like room for ASBs everywhere like 50 60 flyers they tear it down I bring it back up again like I was all over the place I the political party I had was called the Sadie Hawkins party mm-hmm. and I decided that it needed to have the most aggressive looking symbol <laughs> that I can muster so basically the symbol was and here's the thing i don't know if it's black power or white power or what power but it's a fist it's clearly a fist (laughs) denoting power with the japanese rising sun behind it (laughs) and pirate crossbones behind that and it was called the sadie hawkins party and we ran and we i want you to know we wrecked the other part like anybody running against us was destroyed because i ran this campaign on pure just everybody's corrupt we're here to clean up asb i want to give you one example of how much i destroyed somebody there was a girl named kathy kathy if, if you're listening to this i'm not sorry <laughs> dude you were chang chang <laughs> i was chang chang <laughs> kathy was a sophomore and there's this girl named rebecca dias she was a senior and she was asb vice president she looked up to Rebecca. She idolized. Rebecca was a hardworking girl, very, very outspoken, very social, and Kathy wanted to be just like her. And um, she was a sophomore, so if mm. she, she wanted to run for vice president, and she wanted to be the vice president as a junior, her junior year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she wanted to be like Rebecca. And I was the person running against her, and I was running, you know, I, I was already pretty well-known on campus, and I was also running this very aggressive campaign. And, you know, I... I steamrolled. I steamrolled. And I... It was kind of shitty, dude. Listen, to be really fair, I was a pretty shitty you're teenager. Chang chang, yeah. I was Chang Chang. You, dude, I was everything dick. you're saying right now is just Chang Chang. I was Chang bit. Chang. Yeah. yeah uh, anyway, by the way, throwing this out there, my, um, my political party, not only did I have this whole aggressive you know, symbol, I straight up on election day, I had a flag. I made a flag with <laughs> our symbol out. and I was waving it, getting people to come vote. Like I was, Jesus. I was out there. Dude, I, listen, somebody as cool as Cassandra was probably just like, I know he's running the campaign, but I don't know him. I don't know him. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, definitely I am slightly proud, but also slightly ashamed, not really, that I made somebody cry because Jesus I won my election. Christ. I, you are changing. <laughs> By the way, afterwards, we one of the things that happened is most senior schools, schools for seniors, have like a thing that you can paint, like a senior thing. Like you paint the wall or you paint a, you know, a block or a square. Mm. We had like an entire like plaza area with blocks, like square blocks. That we can paint, but because our senior class was so apathetic and nobody cared, it was like me and like eight other people who painted like this entire plaza. And so I, I got an entire nine by nine like cylinder block that I got to paint, and I painted that symbol. <laughs> that way, when any parent come into that school, they see this extremely aggressive symbol. And that's my that's my time in politics. <laughs> I'm glad you're done with it, Chang Chang. I'm glad. I'm only thinking about representing people like Ryan, perhaps, if he ever runs. And I'm never going to run for office because when I run, I run dirty politics. I don't know if I want you on my campaign anymore, <laughs> dude. Uh, All right, so I will uh, quickly, All right, quickly nice. just do your thing. talk about Sweden. Let's talk about Sweden, guys. All right. So uh, before there's – I have a, a couple points I want to make about Sweden. But before I get there, I kind of have to tell you about – uh, Sweden's just general political system, okay. which might be like the most boring thing I've is ever said. Is it a said constitutional monarchy? On, 
No. Okay. Um, it's it's a democracy. Okay. Like ours. Uh, but there's a couple differences. It's a much more like direct democracy than ours. Mm-hmm. Ours is a uh, representative, right? So we right. like elect people to. It's republic, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So there's, uh, if basically if the government wants to pass a law, it go. They, they don't have like. I mean, they do have uh, a parliament. They have a parliament, but it's it doesn't function like our Congress. Like mm. they don't vote on laws. The people do. Is it like they propose the law and the people vote on it? Right. So uh-huh. in parliament, when you're in parliament, you get to like create laws or like yeah put up bills to that, be made into law dude, in a scary way that makes so much sense yeah. like it so, makes so much sense. and then the people go nah, yeah or yeah let's do yeah that. uh also uh the citizens are much more engaged in the political process than here because of this system yeah uh because everyone so, counts right and so the thing is for you to get into par- parliament and to like be able to propose laws you need to be in a political party but political parties just anybody can do that. So if you get enough people to be in your party and they vote for your party, you get into parliament, you can make laws that people vote on. So there are like over 50 political parties <laughs> in uh, Sweden and like mm-hmm. the top like eight or nine of them get to be in parliament. Uh, and uh, they like parties, like the big parties have like sub divisions or like wings, I guess, that also if they're in parliament, they can propose laws so i have an example here and this i think people might have heard about this because it actually got pretty it got a lot of attention on the internet i guess uh so the liberal so party it didn't get a lot of attention because that yeah i mean it's world news <laughs> yeah. so here i mean yeah america doesn't care <laughs> but uh so the the liberal party in sweden is yeah. in parliament they're one of the eight or nine ones that are there now but they also have a subset called the Liberal Youth of Sweden, which is a huge missed opportunity for them to be called the Young Liberals or something, the Young <laughs> Something. I don't know why yeah. they didn't do that, but whatever. Uh, so the Liberal... Cordy's looking at me like... No, because I was the... waiting for you to say, like, the, the Young, young Harambe. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I, I know. For. That's why you're looking at me, and I'm not going to say it. <laughs> That's what they could have been, but they weren't. They're the missed liberal, opportunity. The Liberal Youth of Sweden, whatever. So uh, the Liberal Youth of Sweden recently proposed... A, a law, a bill, and uh, it is legal male abortion. And so what this what this is, and huh. have you guys heard of this at all? No. Okay, so I mean, I've read about this. That's actually what led me to this whole thing, is that I read about it on, I don't know, some Facebook thing. But so essentially, what they're proposing is that up to 18 weeks of a pregnancy, a man can legally abort the baby. Meaning that he they have the can, right to abort. Meaning, meaning that he gets the he legal... He can force the woman to have an abortion? No, no, no. No. He can't force the woman to do anything. But he can legally remove himself from that oh. child's life 100%. So it's, huh. he's not huh. financially responsible. He's not socially... Wow. or he has, he has nothing to do with that kid. But at the same time, he, he is forcibly removed from the, the kid's life. So he doesn't have the option to ever come back, even if yeah. he wanted to. He has to be cold turkey just never ever 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 involved in that kid's life whether the kid wants it or not like he's gone so that was uh when and it was like this big big like controversy i guess a lot of people didn't like the idea a lot of people did like the idea whatever (laughs) they also a couple years ago proposed a legal necrophilia (laughs) 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 which uh i mean i i guess that's the the 
offside or the other side of having like a pure democratic system where you get a lot of weird laws that oh, are. Oh, it gets weirder. <laughs> but so just wait. The 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 parties get weirder. But the uh, the necrophilia thing. Their whole argument was not that people should be having sex with dead bodies, but that people should have the right to say what gets done with their dead bodies. So if they want to leave it for someone to bang, oh, okay. they should be allowed huh. to do that. That's... It's like a personal freedom thing, I guess. You know, I'm in my whole life, like literally in my <laughs> whole life, I never actually thought I would think, that makes sense. Like, it makes sense. I, I, I feel like some like I should be able to decide what happens to my body, and if I want somebody to fuck my body, then I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's you know what? No, I I really have never thought about that. Thank You're you, welcome. thank New you, thought. Sweden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the uh, the young liberals—that's what I'm going to call them instead of yeah. the, whatever. They have uh, actually the whole argument against them after they made that like necrophilia thing was there's a huge backlash from everybody. Like even the like adult liberals. Was just like, oh, what? What's next? We're just gonna fuck hippos. Like that was their thing. By the way, dude. dude, Seriously, seriously. This is funny to me only because it's like, wow, too far for Europe. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So really, though, that was leading up to what I wanted to like really talk about is the parties that are popular but not quite popular enough to get into parliament. Mm -hmm. So these these are popular parties. Very popular, some of them. But they just aren't, like, the top eight, right? Uh, the first one I wanted to talk about was the third most popular party outside of Parliament in two, 2006 when it was founded by a man named Magnus Anderson, by the way. Okay. It is the Pirate Party. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, their whole thing was, like, I mean, it's not, like, a bad Thing, I guess it was uh, copyright laws and uh, like oh man I'm glad they individual really stuck to individual their... piracy yeah, yeah. and also in Sweden where that kind of thing that's where people go to create you know pirate servers yeah so. this is why huh. yeah so they uh, they were really all about like nah we should be able to pirate stuff like that was their thing wow uh, also in 1991 the ninth most popular party was was the Donald Duck party. <laughs> Uh, founded by someone I shit you not named Boss Person (laughs) and that's their name it's B-O-S-S-E-P-E-R-S-S-O-N Boss Person made the Donald Duck party and here's the thing it it was a troll party it's a joke oh it was not a real they had no real platform it was just a Ah, joke you had me at Donald Duck party what would their platform be just we wear wear shirts and no pants (laughs) we wear shirts Chain part of that dude, party. Chain dude, would be. That is a legitimate stance, though. We wear shirts, no <laughs> Hashtag pants. Hashtag we wear shirts and no pants. Uh, so it was a troll party, but the thing is, they didn't. You know, they didn't have any. And this is 1991. They didn't have any like official propaganda. They didn't have any like debates. They didn't do anything. People were just like, "Hey, boss person was just like, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna make this Donald Duck party." And people wrote them in so much that they were like ninth most popular out of like you know over 50. Well, so considering the eight most popular are in Parliament, that's that's pretty it's close. It's pretty up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, here's the one I really wanted to talk about. Yeah. This is my favorite one. Okay. Uh, my favorite Swedish party is currently 1,300 votes or members away from being the seventh most popular party, and they have a singular agenda, okay? Their whole platform revolves around this one thing. Okay. I want to introduce you to the APPP. Okay. The anti-PowerPoint party. 
I spent <laughs> I spent a lot of time on their website. <laughs> were there powerpoints? To there were no powerpoints. <laughs> Fuck powerpoints. Okay. So let me read you what they have listed yeah. here under their goal. In the future, those in companies, congresses, universities, schools who want to renounce PowerPoint should not have to justify themselves any longer. We do not want to abolish PowerPoint. We only want to abolish the PowerPoint constraint. <laughs> we want that. We want the number of boring PowerPoint presentations on the planet to decrease, and the average presentation to become more exciting and more interesting. The Why solutions are there, that? but nobody pays attention to them. All right. So they also have a thing listed here for the cause. The APPP sees itself as an advocate of approximately 250 million people worldwide who, with every or who every month are obligated to be present during boring presentations <laughs> in companies, universities, and other institutions, and whom have up till now had no represent, representation in politics. So they really fucking hate PowerPoints. So <laughs> basically, they're they're like the Johnsons of the world. You know, yeah. they're just in the back of the uh, the meeting. They're like, I don't want to be here. They're just like, oh my god, I'm tired of these slides. Johnson, write that down. I want to make another PowerPoint. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've made a lot of PowerPoints in our day. We have. I didn't want to. I support this party. I don't want to make yeah, PowerPoints. I would, I would totally Actually, join I'm not No, gonna... but they don't want to make boring PowerPoints, which well, I get. But I want to say, I've by never way, made a boring PowerPoint. I can, I'll just okay. throw that out I like to the claim that I, I, I can do the same. I, I put a lot of GIFs in mine. Put a lot I of put, Mega Man in yours. I put videos I did, in I did mine. put a lot of Mega Man. I want to say this, by the way. I'm kind of already going in the direction of the APPP, only for one reason, dude. I don't make PowerPoints anymore. I make Prezies. You know what they're... Uh, one thing that they're big advocates of is, uh, what are they called? Like the actual like paper. Oh, f- uh, handouts. Flip chart. They're called flip chart. Oh, no, it's called analog PowerPoint, guys. Come on, that's not what it's called. That's what it's called. They're basically like, no, nah, 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 we should go back to this. Which I mean, it's just a paper PowerPoint. It's the same yeah. thing, but yeah, they're saying instead of a PowerPoint, well, if you, you know, have to have that kind of style, that's what they. You they can suggest. call them also the. Democratic Freedoms Party, because basically <laughs> the whole point is we want options. Yeah. That's, that's their whole... Well, you know what their platform is? Not They don't... I mean, they hate PowerPoint, but their thing <laughs> is we don't want people to feel like they have to make a PowerPoint. Yeah. You know? There's other options. Flowcharts, papers, whatever. So... Do you have to be Swedish f- to join the That party? is my... Actually, they have uh, support worldwide. Dude, I... I might make a APPP we'll, here. We'll put up their website on the, Dude. on the post. You can totally join up. Dude, I, I think we should because... Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Have you, have you used Prezi before? No, I haven't. You should use Prezi, dude. It's basically, it's like a PowerPoint, but you create your own, like, map, and it just moves, like, seamlessly mm. from one to another. It's very animated. It's good. Nice. Yeah. But, uh... So, but, listen. Yeah. Uh, it sounds... And it is pretty fucking ridiculous yeah. that Sweden has an anti-PowerPoint party, pirate party, Donald Duck party. Uh, but I think it's actually kind of cool that, like, the biggest thing they're concerned about is fucking PowerPoints. Yeah. Like, we're over here just like, holy shit, everything's yeah. going to fall apart yeah. in the next, like, couple hours. But over there, they're like, kind of sick of PowerPoints, man. Yeah. Like, you know what? Let's, let's make a party. Let's really get yeah. in this. And I mean, they got a lot of support, like... I guess that's the evolution of politics. First, you gotta like get the like base level shit like handled, and then you can go to like the really really specific things really like specific PowerPoint. High level right stuff. now, we're just trying to get this basic thing down. They, dude, Sweden know? Sweden is all right. They have that shit down over there. They're like, nah, <laughs> we're we're good on like human rights and you know whatever else. Like, let's let's worry about powerpoints. Yeah, let's worry about that's the new human rights violation <laughs> for the twenty yeah. first century. 
There are 250 million people <laughs> suffering from it every hour worldwide. Huh. Yeah. I kind of want to see what's going on in the uh, election, but I'm afraid. I'm uh, do you want you want to be live on air when you're, like, looking at it? Uh, I already looked at it, actually. Well, she's laughing, so I guess that's some indication. Indication of what, though? Good or bad? I, I don't know. I mean, it, it sounded like a pleasant laugh. I, I can't see Fiona's face. It's not terrible. It's not a terrible It's pla- not terrible. How can it be hey, How can you it be give okay. your laugh more credit. It's not that bad. Okay. Do you want to know what it said when I looked? Or do you not want to know uh, what it said? We'll, we'll talk it off air. Okay. Yeah. Off air. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. That's... Politics have no place in our... Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Politics have no place for the dead. We have... Yeah, it's true. We don't care. We're we dead. We don't care. You guys are all just going to join us soon. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, all right, well, that's uh, that's him. You guys have anything else you want to... No. Uh, Fiona, is there anything you want to... We always give our guests opportunities to signal boost anything. Is there anything you want to signal boost? Wait, I have a question. Are you... Are you the sister with the bakery? The bakery sister? No, I'm the non-bakery sister. Yeah. <laughs> oh, younger sister is the... Yes. The, yes. So Fiona, Courtney, and who's the other one? Mallory. Mallory. Mallory runs the bakery. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. Uh, so nothing you want to signal boost. Do you have anything to signal boost this week? Well, just not for me personally, but just we'll end the show. With, I don't know, whatever. But um, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can email us at ryananoushardead at gmail.com. Tweet at us at ryananoush. Um, of course, join our Facebook page, and we'll post stuff up on there. And that's all is, of our avenues, Is anybody I think. running the Instagram? Yes. Just- no, can you give, give me the password? Can you give her the Instagram? <laughs> I she's did on it. Okay, you did not give me any password for Instagram. Listen, this is this is some housekeeping stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't even do in this on air. All right, yeah, anyway, I totally but, fucking did. <laughs> no, you didn't. But anyway, uh, okay. at least Facebook, Twitter, yeah. and, and uh, Gmail. Communicate with us, please. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. All five of you, let us know. And, and also, also, all five of you, please be on the show. If you're if, yeah, if you're interested in being a guest, please let us know. Yeah, um, Ryan, what anything you wanna? Uh, Join the APPP. That's all I got. Just, okay. you know, support real issues. Can I say when you said the APP, what came into my mind was, you know me. Oh. I was down with uh, the Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I've, got, I've got nothing to signal boost. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So, good. all right, guys. Good. Thank you for joining us for another. Oh. Yeah. The song. Oh, go the ahead. Tom, thing. What, what song is it? Uh, the song is called America by Young the Giant. Cool. I chose it specifically just because it's called America. Also, yeah. uh, good band. like them a lot. Local, um, I think they're from like, from uh, Rancho Cucamonga or something. Whatever, SoCal. Yeah. All immigrants, I believe, also. Yeah. So, I mean, all right. So, guys, if you're listening to this in the future, I hope that you've taken shelter in whatever <laughs> bunker you're taking shelter in. Go the in the fire, basement. <laughs> the fires will pass eventually. <laughs> Hopefully. All right. So, guys, uh, join us next week. We will... If we're ta- still here. If we're still here. If we're still here. Talk, talk to you then. See you. Ryan and Usher Dead is made possible thanks to KDHR, the student-operated radio station of California State University, Dominguez Hills. For more information about KDHR, please visit www.kdhr.net. The intro song for this show is Space Ace by Blind. This music is made available thanks to Overclocked Remix. For more information, please visit ocremix.org.